0: All right. Hey everyone. Good morning. Just Steven here. No Jamie today. This is a man. This might be our last DT podcast in a while, right? Because in the next three weeks, like we're gonna be in training. But I don't know. I hope I'm gonna download anchor FM onto my phone and hope to continue churning these out. Maybe not on a daily basis, but regularly because I want to stay connected with you guys. But um, yeah, we're gonna be gonna be unavailable. So don't sin. Keep reading the Bible. Keep praying. Hold on to each other and onto other older brothers and sisters and leaders. You have a wealth of relationships around you and people. So, um, yeah, hang in there. Stay the course. All right, let's jump into 2 Timothy 1. So, we know this is uh, Apostle Paul's last letter before he died, right? But um, something that struck me as I was reading this passage uh, today on the theme of suffering was that Apostle Paul's life was filled with suffering. Like, right up to the point of his death, he was suffering. We know he was martyred, right? Um, and we, knew, we know that he was writing this letter from prison. But in verse 15, it says, All who are in Asia uh, turned away from me. Only Anisiphorus remained steadfast and loyal to Paul. So he's, he's abandoned, you know? So up to his death, Apostle Paul was suffering. And so it's surprising in verse 8 when Apostle Paul invites Timothy into this life. He says, Therefore, do not be ashamed, but share in suffering for the gospel. So throughout the letter in 2 Timothy, he invites Timothy into this life of suffering. And our first reaction might be like, what? Like who would want to be invited into a life of suffering like that? Um, But I think if we were a little more more thoughtful, maybe the question we would ask is, how is Apostle Paul able to invite Timothy into this kind of life? Like what is it about Apostle Paul that amid his suffering, he doesn't say, you know, Timothy, abandon your posts, flee for your life, you know? But he says, Timothy, join me. And as I was thinking about this, verse 12 struck me. And it's, it's the climax of this chapter, right? He says, which is why I suffer as I do. You know, For which as appointed pointed apostle, a teacher, a prophet, which is why I suffer as I do. Apostle Paul had a clear why for his suffering. And that why was bigger than his suffering. It was able to hold up the weight of his suffering. In verse 8, Apostle Paul says, do not be ashamed, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, and so what was Apostle Paul's why? What was his why for his suffering? It was the gospel. That was his why, and from this chapter and many other epistles, Apostle Paul wrote. Like we know that that was Apostle Paul's why, but in this one we get a sense of the scope and the scale and the weight of the gospel of of this why for Apostle Paul, right? And I just want to read this for us, verses eight to twelve. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which has now been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know who I, am, I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been trusted to me. We get a sense that for Apostle Paul, the gospel is this great and grand and magnificent, exceedingly awesome why for a suffering. And it not only enables him to endure great suffering, but to hold his head up high, even up until the very end, when everything looks bleak, he's about to die and all have abandoned him, he remains faithful. And truly, you know, it is by the power of God that he is able to do that. So to bear suffering well, we need a clear and great and grand why for our suffering. And we get this, we see this all the time. Immigrant parents suffer. Why do they suffer? It's, it's for a better future for their kids. Um, why do you go to college and suffer midterms and, and finals and all of that? Well, it's for a degree and a good job, right? I think the many the problem many of us have today is that we don't have a substantial why for our suffering, okay? Like, the reality is we're all going to suffer. Life is suffering. Um, the fundamental question, though, is why? Why is there suffering? Why do I suffer? And that's not just a question for Christianity to answer, but for all worldviews to answer, even tech companies are trying to answer this, right? They try to present their mission statement. And a mission statement is your why. It's why you're working so hard. And, you know, we laugh at their mission statements because we know they're pretty hollow and empty. But I just want to ask you, like, what's your why for your suffering? What's your answer to that, really? You know, not the Christian answer, but what is your personal why for your suffering? I want to ask you, is it working? Is it giving you strength? I think it turns out that many of the whys we adopt that, that we've been given, maybe, they're not weighty enough. They're not substantial enough to bear the weight of the suffering that life is going to give us. You know, maybe when they were first given to us or maybe when we first adopted them, they seemed really big and grand, idealistic. You know, maybe we had these visions of, Success of how our life was going to turn out or visions of like romance and, and, you know, finding that perfect person. And it it seems so big, right? And we, we see it on the big screen and, and our parents talk it up and all that. And so we have these really idealistic visions of how our life is going to turn out, but it turns out that they're really overinflated and the why's we've been given are actually really small. My little life, my little family, my little ambitions, they're really insignificant. Like in the grand scheme of things, the things that I'm living for, the things I'm suffering for, the whys are just a vapor. And I think that's why we get derailed, even at the slightest bit of suffering, you know, things not turning out the way we want them to, facing a bit of hardship. Like we got really small whys. And I think that's a product of our individualistic culture. It's the fragility of individualism, right? Um... And I think we we have two responses when we hit suffering. Either you completely lose your why and you don't know what you're living for anymore or why you're suffering. And so you become depressed, you break down, you become lost, anxious, and disoriented. You know, every suffering is this existential threat. And so you swing, you become really volatile. Or you shrink your life as much as you can to protect yourself from suffering and to preserve your small, small why. Right. Um, So it's. I think this all shows sort of the bankruptcy of our world to give us a proper why for our suffering. And the only why that would give you the power of God to go through suffering is the gospel. Now, that sounds really cliche, you know, and when we apply this idea to us, like, yeah, you got to hold on to the gospel. Like, one, it's embarrassing to call what we go through, you know, suffering compared to Apostle Paul. But I think the problem is that the reality is we can't even handle the little suffering that we get, right? The little suffering we get as Christians doesn't compare to Apostle Paul, but we can't even handle that. And so for me, like, I want to learn how to handle my little suffering. I want to grow in my capacity to handle suffering and really root myself in the gospel and access the power of God to go through suffering. Not because I want to be awesome, but it's because I just want to stay faithful to God. I just want to stay faithful to God amid suffering. And and because he, he was faithful to me amid suffering. He gave up his life for me, right? And I also want God to use me to be a blessing for others. So, you know, it could be a little bit embarrassing, but man, like we should grow. We should, we have a lot of room to grow, um, to, to endure suffering. And think the other problem is when we try to apply this is that it feels irrelevant. Like what does the gospel have to do with blank, whatever I'm going through in my life? And I feel that too, you know, initially that's like really true, right? But the gospel is relevant. Like the issue is not that the gospel is Irrelevant, the issue is that our, our grasp, our, our rootedness on that bedrock truth of the gospel is so weak. You know, we're so unpracticed to going back to the gospel for this power of God that's available to us. We're undisciplined in thinking and reflection. We're we're just tossed to and fro by our emotions that we struggle to make a slightest connection between our current suffering and to the gospel. And, you know, compared to Apostle Paul, you look at Apostle Paul, man, he's really practicing this, Right. You had a lot of opportunities to suffer and to hold on to the gospel and grow in this. And so I want to exhort all of us today, like, think about your why. Really, what is your real why for why you suffer? You know, and press into that question and make an effort to connect it back to the gospel. The gospel is going to be the only thing that gives you a substantial why for the life that you're living. Christian life, right? So maybe there's some questions you need to really press into and think about. Like, why am I, Stephen, out here in Boston in the freezing cold? Why am I, you know, dying to my pride and receiving feedback from from my leaders? Why am I dying to myself, my time, my energy, etc. for people around me? Why am I spending less time with Silas? Why am I trying to stick through this slog at work? Why am I trying to love this mentee? Why am I adhering my schedule to the church schedule? Why am I going to church plant? Why am I staying at the church? We need to return to the bedrock truths of the gospel. That's how we're going to be people of faithfulness and endure suffering, stay faithful to God and to each other. So, closing, I just want to read verses 8 to 12 again. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling. Not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Saviour Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that He is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Amen. I hope that can be our why for our suffering. All right, that's it. See you guys.